It is Monday, October 16th, 2023. This is another playoff edition of Baseball Today presented to you by your friends over at SeatGeek. That is my good friend, Trevor Fluth. I am Chris Rose. Producer Dan is along for the ride as well. All right, we only had one baseball game this weekend. That was uh, that was kind of weird, kind of sitting around and waiting for Sunday night and the start of the ALCS. It totally got me off of my routine. I had like extra free time to do things, although my wife quickly fills that up and then my, yes. my kids' sports quickly fill that up. Mm-hmm. But um, I agree. But I, I talked to Jake last night about this. I love the fact that there's only one game last night and you can just sit there and pay attention to this one. Uh, and it was a good one. Uh, so uh, I'm excited to get two games today, but I love this part of the year where, you know, it's only the good teams left. You are right, right about that. A uh, quick reminder, today's show is presented to you by SeatGeek. And I want you to run over, download the SeatGeek app if you don't already have it, because you can go save 10% on your next purchase. You just have to use the code JOHNBOYPOSTSEASON. That's all one word, all caps. That is JOHNBOYPOSTSEASON. So whether you are a first-time customer or a returning customer, go get your baseball playoff tickets, your NFL, your college football, soon to be your NBA, your NHL, uh, your concert tickets, whatever it is, just save 10% using that code, and off you go. And don't forget, once again, Friday show, we will have our SeatGeek question of the week, so get your best, most creative questions in by Thursday night. We can pick a winner. You will get a $1,000 credit to use on the SeatGeek app. We start off with a tip of the cap to Alyssa Knocken. Last four years, she has spent as a San Francisco Giants assistant coach, She reportedly just interviewed, became the first woman to ever interview for a big league managerial job. So we wish her the best of luck in that endeavor. Uh, Obviously, it would make monumental history if she were to get the job replacing Gabe Kapler out there in San Francisco. Um, It was nice to see. You've heard nothing but amazing things about her work on that coaching staff. And so I think it's great for her to get the experience of interviewing for the job. And we'll see if she gets it. I've heard of three people interviewing for the job so far, and I'm stoked for all of them. Uh, Alyssa, obviously, that's great. It's an awesome story, and and you know her, you know, blazing the trails uh, would be quite the story. Kai Correa, uh, Gabe Kapler's mini me, kind of, right? Um, you know, just in looks, we have fun with that. Uh, he gets an interview, and then also Stephen Vote too, which yeah. will be interesting. I, I mean, I think any three of those people would be great additions to the staff or to promotion to the yep. managerial position They're leading the staff yep we'll keep our eye on that in the meantime the lcs's got underway yesterday at least one of them down in houston uh the battle of the state of texas for a berth in the world series and it ended something like this astros down to their last strike leclerc's 3-2 pitch got him and the texas rangers keep on rolling with game one in the championship series two to nothing over the astros So Jordan Montgomery and three relievers combined to shut out the Astros. Uh, Montgomery has been a huge deadline deal acquisition. How surprising has his dominance been? Pretty surprising, to be honest with you. I mean, you go into uh, Houston and shut him down the way that he did. I'm surprised when any pitcher is able to do that. I mean, I don't know if you saw his pitches to Jordan Alvarez, but it was about as good as you can do to silence his bat. Kyle Tucker as well. Uh, so he went in there and did his job, and this Texas Rangers starting pitching staff is like carried the burden. 
And they've just gone deep into games and they've allowed, you know, Bochi to go to his most trusted relievers and it's worked out like this isn't this big bashing Texas Rangers team. Like, at least it wasn't last night. It was pitching right. in defense. Evan Carter come up with massive plays, first inning against Bregman, uh, eighth inning against Bregman. Like the guy was all over the place, plus having really good at bats. This is a team that's just playing very fundamentally sound baseball. And when you get starts like that from Jordan Montgomery, I mean, look, you get one start like that. It's awesome. But now that's in the Astros' mind. Like, hey, we're going to have to face this guy again. And you know what he just did to us. There was nothing in the middle of the plate. He left us, you know, trying to, you know, get any scraps that he left for us over the plate. And there wasn't a lot. So nobody got to eat in that Astros lineup when Montgomery was on the mound. Uh, He's been super impressive. And then you think about the fact that he's just been kind of traveling Yankees to Cardinals to the Rangers. I know it doesn't seem like a lot to people. But it is a lot changing that or that many organizations in this short of time, uh, and a, and being able to still perform at that level during the playoffs, I think is awesome. So he deserves like you know all the credit in the world. But I think this Rangers team is showing they're more than just like a legit offense. They are they're playing very very good baseball right now. I think if you were to ask the national perception of Jordan Montgomery, even within the last twelve months, you'd look at his stats and you'd be like. Innings eater. Like, that's it. That's what he's good for because he makes every start. If you go back to 2020, even in the pandemic shortened season, where I think he made 10 starts, the guy, like, he doesn't miss time. So he is dependable to have every five days. And we have talked a lot on this show about how important that is to get through a regular season and be able to say, we can depend on that dude every five days. He has taken it to another level. And in fact, I would say, Plouffe, that out of the upcoming free agents, he has helped himself more financially than just oh. about anybody out there. I will listen to the argument, certainly for Blake Snell. I put Otani in just a different category because he's a one-off. He's a unicorn. He's a freak. But as I'm talking about guys who you just look at and you say, okay, well, you're not a once-in-a-115-year player like Otani yeah. is. That guy, he, you know, because if he had been a free agent, let's say, Let's say last year, after his term with the Cardinals, he was said, "Okay, what what's he get? Maybe three years and forty million. He's going to get way more than that now." A hundred percent. Um, I, I I'm you know I'm on like Yankees Twitter. I'm not on Yankees Twitter, but like I follow oh, a lot of Yankees Twitter. You're inundated by it. These right? guys are all over Cashman for some remarks that he made. Or, you know, uh, what in 2022. Basically right, saying basketball doesn't play. Yeah. He's not going to be on the postseason roster, so he's not going to be part of our team anymore. And then look what he just did to the Houston Astros. I mean, yeah. I yeah, love but... the glow. I love the glow up. You know what? Like, I don't know if Montgomery gives a shit about what Cashman said. I don't know, but it might have fueled him. And now I guarantee he's looking back, being like, <laughs> that was a dumb thing to say. So uh Montgomery, I went back and I counted the numbers Jordan Alvarez had I think a half dozen times this year maybe a little more where he struck out three times in a game but it wasn't all by a single pitcher yeah until last night to me that caught my eye I was like man I wonder how much that's happened and I didn't want to go back for his entire career I was just too damn tired to look at every game of his every three strikeout game of his career but I did it for this season and Montgomery's the only pitcher who struck him out three times this year not go, the team go to my Twitter there's a thread on there and it shows Montgomery and uh the game day like the the um pitch locations and the speeds mm-hmm. and the sequencing go check it out and just kind of follow along with it 
it's awesome. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, I do want to talk to you about the Altuve play. We spent, obviously, a ton of time on Bryce Harper at the end of Game 2 against the Braves and what happened. This is obviously a different situation. It didn't end the game. This one, though, he didn't go too far past second base. He just failed to retouch it. And by the way, how is the second base umpire? He originally called him safe. He was like, no, no, no. He went back and touched it. Isn't that umpire's only job to look at second base on that play? He wasn't even looking. He just was like, safe. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, he was supposed to be looking at the play. There's so much to unpack here. Uh, I want to start with Evan Carter because I think he deserves it more than anybody. If you look right here, when he's going back, Right where it juts back uh, past the Crawford boxes, there's the expanded um, warning track there. That just plays such a weird part for out for this because they're used to two steps in the wall. And you can see he's trying to find the wall back there. Never finds it because it's just a long, you know, elongated warning track there. So, like, he doesn't have that. He's not comfortable there, obviously. But he goes and makes the catch. He just finds a way to make that catch. This guy's 21 years old, Chris. 21 years old. And... He's making plays like this. That's a massive play. And you could say, oh, he should have got back. It should have been routine. Fuck that, dude. Like, that is a difficult play it's in the routine. postseason, navigating a weird, tricky area of a of a field that, you know, he's played at a little bit. I mean, I don't know. I mean, is that his first game at yeah. in Houston? No, what he said was he walked the outfield with Robbie Grossman, who's played there an awful lot. And he said that was a huge part of his day because he just hadn't been there. So that was his first game at Houston. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean... I know you walk and you and you take BP and you're feeling fly balls and all this stuff, but that's we can't understate how important uh, that play was and how impressive it was for Carter. As far as Altuve, uh, here's what I think happened. I think he got to the base, and I feel like he thought he was just on the base and never mm-hmm. passed it, mm-hmm. but he did go past it, and then, yes, it did not touch it. So a base running mistake by him. Um, and, you know, a lot of Houston people on my Twitter were saying, you know, it's not very un- infrequent or it's not infrequent for him to make base running mistakes, which I didn't really know about Jose. I didn't either. I didn't either. Didn't think that. All right. So game two will be a day game. It's Evaldi against Fromber. How close to a must win is this for the home team? Pretty close to a must win, although they played such good ball on the road. They're 630 winning percentage on the on the road. And, you know, I, I don't think they're afraid of any challenge. I don't think they they would – I mean, they would care if they lost tonight's game, but I don't think it would mean that the series is over, not with this Houston Astros team. But, you know, if you're really breaking down and, and, and the numbers and, and uh, statistics, statistically, if you go down 2-0, it's not a good thing for you. So, um I would say it's uh, – I'm so bad at percentages. 80% must win. I have no idea what that means. Okay, 80%. But that's fine. That's about okay. where I'm living, maybe a little bit less than that. I was thinking low to mid-70s. Uh, Fromber had an interesting year against the Rangers. He had one game where he pitched really well and went seven innings. In the other two, it just wasn't good. In fact, his overall numbers against them – let me see where I put them. I think he gave up 12 runs and 16 and a third. He went one and two against Texas. More importantly, he's going against Nathan Avaldi, who you'd be hard-pressed to find a guy who's been better in the postseason than him this year. He's had two starts, 15 strikeouts, no walks, two runs in 13 and two-thirds against Tampa Bay and Baltimore. It's pretty good. He also went seven shutout against Houston in July. That was pre-injury. 
post-injury, he made his return against the Astros, and he just wasn't ready. He only lasted an inning and a third. He gave up two homers to Altuve. So Altuve was the first guy he faced that day and the last guy he faced. Both guys are going to remember that. Maybe Avaldi will learn from it. I don't know. But it is. I'm no math major here. Houston will have to win a game at home if it wants to advance to the World Series. Correct? That is true. You got okay. it, bro. You got it, bro. So it's not a must win, but I would say that either games two, six, or seven are must wins. One of those three. I like that. I want to. I want someone who's watches this show uh, to help us out here. Uh, I want to know what the Astros' record is uh, when Altuve reaches base his first at bat versus when he does not reach mm. base his first at bat. Wow, interesting. So if anybody wants to look that up, please do. I just yeah. feel like that's like so, the first inning against these Astros is so important if you can navigate it and get out of it without getting up any runs, and preferably maybe allowing one base runner so you get through that first four of Altuve, Bregman. Jordan and Tucker. Yeah. If you can get through that with no runs, I feel like you can breathe. And breathing is important in life. Thanks for letting us know about People that. People have said that, yeah. All right. Uh, if you have buddies that you want to get a gift for, somebody in your family, you're like, my God, they've got everything. What the heck do I get them? Go get them this. Mova Globes. It makes rotating globes. They are constantly in motion and powered by ambient light. Like Ploof tried to put it under some sort of like McDonald's, you know, heat lamp or something that they put your what? chicken nuggets under, and it doesn't work. It's it's not going to do it. It's going to be ambient light. So you put it on a windowsill. You put it near the window. Let let the natural light take yeah. over. Now there are actually hidden magnets in this thing that provide the movements. What does that mean? There's no batteries you got to keep buying. There's no cords that make the thing look ugly. It just sits on this pretty little stand, right? That's clear. And it can just be, I, I have sat here, stared at it for 10 minutes straight, and it just makes my day feel better. Like I feel centered again. It's available in over 40 designs and includes sports, world maps, outer space, famous artwork, and more. It's an officially licensed MLB partner. So MOVA is proud to present the unique baseball memorabilia. It's perfect for the classic baseball collectible enthusiasts and devoted fans out there. Right now, they've got six different teams represented. It's got the Dodgers, Cubs, Giants, Astros, Red Sox, and Yankees. However, next season, all 30 teams will be there for your MOVA Globes. So enjoy 10% off all officially licensed MLB MOVA Globes. Yes, you have a question? No, I'm just going to add to the ad read if, whenever you want to tap me in. Well, go ahead and do it now. I, I didn't think I was going to like a globe. I had I was like, I don't know about this thing. Like, what are we doing here? And now that I have it, it's awesome. And you yeah. know I don't say that about everything. You're right. You don't. So that's a, you know, it's a glowing endorsement for me. I, I really enjoy my MOVA globe. So enjoy 10% off of all officially licensed MLB MOVA globes when you use the code BT10. That is BT10. Go order your globes now. Click the link in the description. Off you go. Off we go to the NLCS, which gets started tonight in the city of brotherly love. Now, remember last week we broke down the ALCS by a sliding scale of one to five. Um, here's We're going to do it again. So five, the statement is spot on, 100% accurate. One, Rose, why the hell did you even ask me the question? Okay, so here we go. Okay. First question. Or statement, I should say. 
Corbin Carroll is actually more important to Arizona this series than Bryce Harper is to Philadelphia. I'm going to say, I think in my head originally I would have said like four, uh, but I'm going to break it down to like a two. Um, because just like in Philadelphia, there's a huge supporting cast uh, around Carroll, and they've been going off this entire postseason. Moreno's been having a great mm-hmm. postseason. He's going to be back for the CS. Uh, thank goodness. He, we want to see this guy playing ball totally. in the postseason. Christian Walker has done an excellent job in the postseason, and you can kind of go up and down. You have JT Realmuto talking about how long this lineup is, and that is not something coming into the playoffs I would have expected. So, like, Yes, Corbin Carroll is very important. We know what he does at the top of the lineup. He's a very dynamic player. But I think these Diamondbacks are more than just him, just like the Phillies are more than just Harper. Now, they are the superstars, you know, center stage type guys, uh, but it takes more than them to win a series, especially when you get to the CS, especially the way these two teams are playing. So I'm going to bring it down to a two and say – they're about equal, to be honest. They're very important to their teams, but there's a nice surrounding cast around both these guys. So I tested out this statement with Brady, right? Okay. And I said, grade the statement. He's like, you're an idiot. Like, why would you even say that? I was like, which is why I'm going to give it a four, because I'm going to run opposite of the thoughts of my 18-year-old. I do honestly believe it. We've talked about Corbin Carroll. We talked about it before the Milwaukee series. When I think I asked the question about what's the you know, most important thing in this series. I said, don't don't look too far in front of your face. The answer is right there. It's Corbin Carroll. And I am a firm believer in that. Not only because he hits at the top of the lineup, he just provides a different spark than anybody else in that lineup. And I know that you've said, much like Philadelphia, there is a ton of mashers, guys that can really get it done. However, in addition to Bryce Harper, who's got an over 1,300 OPS so far in the playoffs, there's three other Philadelphia players that have over a one daughter. For Arizona, it's just Corbin Carroll, and that's it for now. Now, that could change. Are you not buying it? I thought I saw uh, uh, Moreno and Walker both were one daughter throughout the playoffs. I don't think so. I love, go back and bring it up while I'm talking here. Okay. But I thought, sure. now, once again, I was extremely tired when I was doing the research, so maybe some of the numbers were jumping around on my eyeballs a little bit. So it is possible. But I just feel like, there's a little bit more of a supporting cast in Philadelphia. And particularly when you start off on the road, I think Corbin Carroll, you know, the uh, Phillies have been doing the big ball celebration whenever they get on. I think Corbin Carroll's got the biggest. I'm just a big believer in him. And at age 23, I don't think anything scares him, man. Gabriel Moreno, yes, one dot wanting it. Christian Walker, I'm getting to his page right now. I think he is also Chris. Um, they've, they've been hitting homers, dude. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Christian Walker is also uh, one dotting. So, it. what the hell was I looking at last night when I saw that? Maybe their maybe the regular season statistics or so. No, I don't know, but no, they. I think right. you know, and the reason they're up like that is because of the slug. Like I said, these guys have been hitting homers, and I, I, I stick with my answer, Chris. Okay, I think they're both they're both equally as important, but I don't think one's more than the other right now. By the way, happy thirty first birthday to Bryce Harper. He's thirty one. He is today. Does it? Does it surprise you? Did you think no, he was young? No, or... it seems it seems young to me, dude. I'm sick of all these young guys. I, I used to love young guys. I'm getting sick of them right now because I feel old. He's basically been in national prominence half of his life now. I know, dude. Honestly, we we don't talk enough about Bryce. Harper. Right. 
All right, next statement. The Diamondbacks have to win at least two Zach Gallon starts in order to take this series. Uh, I'm going to go two and a half. Right in the middle. Stars. Is it two and stars? a half stars. Two and a half stars. Uh, I believe they need to win three out of four of Merrill Kelly's Zach Gallon starts. So chop it up however you want. Okay. So it doesn't necessarily have to be two Zach Gallon starts, but they need to win three out of those four and then try to catch one from Fott and whoever else they run out there uh, to fill out their, um, you know, the rotation there. So I don't think that's like when you start to like break it down like that, hey, that's when three out of these four and you got Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallon, like that's not like out of the realm of possibility. Now, again, this is the vaunted Phillies lineup with that mm-hmm. guy Bryce Harper in the middle of it. So maybe a little bit easier said than done. But I think that's the formula. Win three out of those four starts. Right. The difference is this series you're going against Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. Yes. When you match up Gallon and Kelly and people say, well, hold on. You know, Clayton Kershaw was going in game one for the Dodgers. And I think we would all agree that at this point, Clayton Kershaw isn't the same Clayton Kershaw, although he was remarkably consistent this year. I know he had one terrible inning or one third of an inning. I just don't see that happening with Zach Wheeler or Aaron Nola. Could be wrong. So I will actually say I think it's a four. I think they have to really do well in in those two games that he's going to pitch. Lavello's already come out and said we're not pitching either of those guys on short rest. Could that change if they're down 3-1? Or I guess Yeah, 3-1. a little bit of pressure comes on. The vice gets a little tighter for Lavello. I think he goes to Zach and be like, hey, do you mind uh... – Booting up real quick, bro. Yeah, or if we get to a game seven and somebody. So what is know, he supposed to pitch point, right no. now? Is it one and one and five? Yeah, one, Gallon would go one and five, and Kelly would go two and six. Two and six. And so, so you know, three for would... Fa and maybe seven for Fa, or all hands on deck for seven. Yeah, I mean it's always all hands on deck. It's just a question of who gets the start. For me, the interesting thing is going to be game four. four. Yeah, yeah, for both teams, to be honest with you. Yeah, because the Phillies. Well, you have Taiwan at least, somebody that's stretched but, out. Yes, but somebody who hasn't pitched in weeks. Yeah, when is the last time he's pitched? I don't know. At least we saw Michael Lorenzen in the last series. Yeah. I so, mean, Phillies probably have the advantage in that aspect. I think they have a few more guys kind of like stretched yes. out that maybe you'd be more comfortable with throwing. Totally. Teams. Totally. Yeah, that's 100% accurate, but we'll get to that when we have to get to it. By the way, Gallon, who grew up not far from Philly in New Jersey, um, across the river there. Five career starts against the Phillies, three and one at two, two, two. Your next statement. Even though more playoff tested, Phillies bullpen is less dependable than Arizona's. One. So you're not buying it at all. I'm not buying it at all. I I, th- right. I actually think both these bullpens are firing and they're both very dependable right now. So mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't really agree with that statement. I, I, I think the fact that they're battle tested and and have been around a little bit longer, you know, definitely leans, you know, for me to rather have that bullpen in the game than the Diamondbacks. But that being said, the Diamondbacks bullpen has been great. My guy Kevin Ginkle, who him and I are Instagram friends now, so that's oh, awesome. That's has been sweet. awesome. Um, Tori's really Tori's really done a good job of getting these guys in the correct lanes for them to have success. Um, but I, I I don't really, if you're asking me to pick one of these bullpens to like be secure with I'd have a hard time, but I'd probably lean Philly. So I'm going to give it a one. Okay. Uh, I'll make it a two. Cause I do believe in Philly. This is interesting. I went through and once again, uh, 
my stats are way off today. I, yeah, I think probably. I think I did the show <laughs> feeling like I was drunk yesterday. So I don't know if you all want to double check me. I'll be the first to admit that I fucked all this up. But Arizona, according to my eyes last night, Ginkle, <laughs> South Frank, Seawald, Mantiply haven't given up a run yet in the playoffs. But for Philly, I was like, wow, that's good. Then that's that's really going to make my answer stand until I looked at Philly's. Kirkering, Dominguez, Alvarado, yeah. Kimbrell, and Strom hadn't given up a run. So those are the guys that are going to pitch. The, all the guys that you just mentioned right there are like, oh, yeah. that's the pitchers. That those, those after are the, the guys. Starters. That's it. Yeah. Although Hoffman obviously gave up the home run to Austin Riley. You're going to see him quite a bit. And, um, who was it? The guy. Oh my God, I'm blanking. The guy who came over from Tampa Bay, who got released Thompson. for Arizona. Yeah, Thompson. He's nasty too. Pitched really well. He had one outing, I think, against the Dodgers, where he got knocked around a little bit. But I think both both those teams should Freaking feel ogre Ryan very Thompson. Good. My gosh. Uh, last one here. Last statement. Philly fan, of course, known to travel quite a bit. So Arizona should worry about the Phillies fans taking over their home. For the middle three games of this series, if there are three, they'll they'll definitely be there. There's no doubt. I just went to a Rams Eagles games a game, and it was all Eagles fans. So Phillies fans do travel. I know that, uh, and you know, there's a bunch of retirees probably living in the Arizona area or the Arizona mm-hmm. area, the Scottsdale Phoenix area. Uh, so I think they'll be there, but I wouldn't worry about them taking over the venue. And if you want to shut. The visiting crowd up. You know what you do? Go out and score first. So, yeah. oh, uh, one and a half. I'm going to put it in the middle. Okay. I think a Philly fan is, might show up. I, I don't know. I didn't have a chance to really see how much the Dodger fans took because in years past, they have shown up mm-hmm. quite a bit. I'm guessing that any Dodgers fans that were on the fence about driving to Arizona probably rethought it after being down to nothing yeah if they're if you're going to close it out or something or if it were one one maybe you'd go down to nothing you're like ah, we'll watch it on tv and save the dough can i just give a suggestion to anybody that's out there thinking about going to scottsdale yes just go it's fun <laughs> just <laughs> go <laughs> well uh it's mid-october it's still probably Perfect. boiling out there no this is a great time to go okay Usually November is when I would start dipping my toe in the Arizona pool. Okay. Um, We woke up Monday morning. There was a little bit of breaking news in the baseball world and somewhat surprising. Kim Ang out as the general manager and president of baseball ops down there in Miami. Uh, The team picked up her option. She said, I will pass on my option. Thank you very much. How surprised are you about this? I mean, I'm not like super into, uh, you know, what's going on in front offices all around baseball. I think a lot of that happens behind closed doors. I was pretty surprised. Um, you know, this is the first year that they've really had some success. And it looked like, you know, the franchise is in a perfect position to go pounce and like kind of restock their roster. And, you know, they have they have the things that you want uh, in a team that could be competitive for many years to come, they just have to go out there and address, you know, some free agency, and they need to do some things. But they they're in a good position. But if you're Kim Ang and and you, you don't have an extension and it's just a mutual option for one year, I could see how you could say no to that, especially if you get with you know the people that are making decisions. And 
there was a quote. I mean, she she put out a statement saying that they weren't aligned in the uh, where they wanted to go as far as the baseball operations department of the organization. If you have a one year deal, what do you call it? A lame duck? Isn't that what you say? Mm-hmm. If you got a duck. lame duck contract, you're not aligned with you know what the vision is for the baseball operations department. Get out of town. She she's going to be a hot commodity somewhere. Whether that's I don't know if she's going to maybe interview for the Red Sox job. I don't think she'd want to do go to the Mets because like it's a Stearns thing and you're you're your second fiddle if you play GM over there. So we'll see where she ends up. But I, I I don't fault her for leaving. But I was surprised. You know, I didn't really know any of this was going on behind the scenes. I imagine there's a few GMs that are kind of shaking in their boots today who thought that yeah, like, they dang. were who, who who thought that they had pretty good standing with her organization but you have to pay attention to what she's done right she's been through some monumental shifts down there because Derek Jeter left a couple seasons ago um we know that their payroll isn't enormous and the division in there they're in is really tricky to navigate and she helped build a team she navigated that Schumacher dude that got to the playoffs for the first time in 20 years when they played a full season schedule, right? The Marlins made it in the pandemic shortened season. That was 60 games here. They played a full 162 and they got there and they got there when some of their best players weren't available down the stretch as well. So good for her. She pulled off a couple. I thought of really interesting trades that helped bolster their offense. And um, there's going to be some teams. I think they didn't talk to her. And I think she's going to get a great job. I don't. I don't even know if it'll be this off season. I would imagine it would be. I think that Red Sox opportunity would be very enticing for her to take over a historic franchise like that. But she's going to be asking all the right questions of Red Sox brass. It's going to be tough for me because I kind of want Sam Fold to go in there and get that job. And who do I root for in that, that situation? Oh, don't don't you have a personal relationship with Sam? Yeah, we had a handshake together. He had a big old head that's shaped like a submarine, kind of. So we used to yeah. do like this periscope thing. It was awesome, man. Sam's great. There's nothing wrong with rooting for him to get the job and want, wanting good things for Kim Ang, too. Who knows? Just, Maybe she'll just go and do media or something. Maybe she's sick of the day to day grind. totally could. You know what I mean? Like, that's a lot. Hey, I'll tell you something that my you know, old. No, you know what, Kim Ang? Get out of media. We don't need you here. That Don't be trying to take my job. You're too good. She's not, she's not, she's not going to take your job. She's not going to come she on this wanna... show. She doesn't want to work here. Not with us. Not with us. She might want to do something cool with like Jake, but not with the two of us. Maybe me, but maybe not you. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. All right, before <laughs> we get out of here, really interesting clip on social media is we were all just I was like, what? What is going on here? It's just a bunch of young guys against a pitching machine setting it at a higher and higher speed, and they're just taking intentional hit by pitches. Like it goes from 65 to 75 to 85, and it climbs into the 90s. Did you think this was funny or totally ridiculous? I love it. I thought it was awesome, especially when they start to get the velo up there a little bit. And then you start to see the real grimaces. Hey, man, that's ball right there. And these guys are bracing for impact. Just w- go up there, you know, actually trying to hack, and then all of a sudden the ball coming at, you know, letter high at you or hitting you in the ribs is a whole different story. But that, that's my favorite one right there. He was so scared to get hit by the ball, he basically jumped out of the way, man. It's not fun. I think a lot of people should have to go do this just to experience it one time. I, I'd love to see you no. strap it up and get in Hell there no. to 93 that, to the chest. Hey, have I ever said that baseball's easy or like, God, why do you suck? No, no, no. To, no. Your, to your credit, you have not. Never. No. I'm, I've never been no. that guy in part 
because I remember I was in eighth grade when I started to get scared of the baseball. Kids started throwing harder, and I was like, I don't know if I can stand in here. So that's the time where you just – it sucks. Who this is you? dangerous. I broke a rib taking 96 to the ribs. Like, these, like they need to watch out you? a little bit. Husker Yanoa. Husker Yanoa, like, former Brave? Well, actually, I don't know if it was him. It was a Yanoa. Maybe it wasn't – Michael Yanoa, maybe? Hmm. What We've really good about pitcher this, hit, man. You, hit you hard? Oh, I, Craig Kimbrell nailed me. That hurt when he was with the Braves. He, cr- I mean, he nailed me, dude. That was probably my worst one. Oh well, no, right. well, you know, I broke my ribs. So that was my worst one. Did you know they were broken immediately? No, I played four days after that. I took Michael Perez up top, Oppo at Target Field. Justin Morneau also told me that it was on purpose. So now I hate that guy and anyone affiliated on with the White Sox. Yes. Why would somebody hit you? You're like nice. I guess Trevor May hit Jose Abreu. This was the answer. I was just up at the right time. Oh. Oh, so I got a little get lineup in the twins at the time. I got to get on May a little bit for that. Yeah. Cost me millions, Chris. Millions. Okay. Don't forget to get your SeatGeek question of the weekend by Thursday night so you can reap the rewards and use a $1,000 credit on the SeatGeek app. Enjoy your doubleheader in the LCS world today for our one of a kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the uber talented Trevor Bluth. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Tuesday on Baseball Today.